Hey everyone, this is Aaron. I will be taking a vacation, at least from podcasting for a while. I hope you enjoy these rebroadcast episodes from our Hall of Fame archives. You know, we started this podcast because so many black belts and green belts, what I was finding is they get out of their training, they're really overwhelmed with the information, and they're just kind of like left a little bit empty, wondering, okay, what's next? Chances are many organizations that have just started the program don't have that flexibility or luxury of having a mentor kind of reinforces or gives some, how do you say, confirmation to, hey, what I'm hearing or what I'm doing actually makes sense, or this is what I'm struggling with, and that's common, so that's fine. So that's why you and I are here each week to be their regular coaches. So we're going to continue to support all of you guys who are listening, so long as you continue to support us. We really appreciate you joining us on our journey. Tell your friends and colleagues all about us. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review to help us reach more Lean Six Sigma and quality professionals you can search for eSuccess Methods Podcast in the search field on iTunes, or you can find us under the business and career section. And uh, by all means, keep listening. We have lots more coming. And if you ever have feedback or ever have some comments or even if you need a quick coaching tip, feel free to reach out on our website, eSuccessMethods.com. Welcome to the eSuccess Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your source for expert advice on lean, Six Sigma, and performance improvement methods. In this episode number 33... Fifty Shades of Black, we debate the good, bad, and the ugliness of Lean Six Sigma commoditization. With a real black belt, please stand up. Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm doing good, Adam. How are you? Jacob, I've been better. Wow. Why is that? Well, I actually, and I didn't tell you this when we were talking before, I got into a car accident on my way home from work today. Uh oh. <laughs> Yep, New Jersey highways. That's hard to hear. That how how much is the damage? It hasn't been assessed yet, but I'm guessing probably about twenty five hundred. So you couldn't drive it then? It drove, but there's some pieces that are missing, falling out of the <laughs> engine that they probably want to put back. Okay. <laughs> some plastic tank that I have no idea what it does, but uh, it was laying on the ground, and the headlights are all headlights all broken and the. The tearaway plastic fender is all all gone too. So, well, at least nothing happened to anyone, so that's a good thing. No, nobody was hurt, luckily, but just uh, just a real bummer altogether. Uh, hopefully, this will make it better. Yeah, so let's let's plug through on this one, Jacob. I'm calling this episode Fifty Shades of Black." What? Not to be, mis- <laughs> not to be mistaken with Fifty Shades of Grey, because that's that's a whole different thing. But Fifty Shades of Black. What is a black belt, and how many shades of black belts are there? So we're talking about Lean Six Sigma commoditization and how difficult it can be to know when a black belt or a certified black belt is really worth anything. And and I don't think it should stop at just a black belt. It could be even the master black belt. It could be even the green belt. It could be any belt that is being awarded or certified. In fact, I should we should probably rename this as Fifty Shades of Belts. Fifty Shades of Belts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I think, yeah, the commoditization piece is pretty prevalent now with right. a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. So what we're going to do is go through this episode is, is how do you identify, you know, first of all, what are we talking about, the commoditization of, of basically Lean Six Sigma body of knowledge, and how do you cut through it, you know, as a manager if you are trying to hire a black belt, or if you're trying to kick off a Lean Six Sigma program, how do you know 
which training organizations you might want to choose. Hmm. So some clear objections you know that I would hear think that I would hear around this topic. You know, you guys are Lean Six Sigma quality professionals. Why can't you guys get yourselves in gear? There should be a standard, one known standard, and everybody who's a black belt should be tested to that standard no matter where you go in the entire world, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, you know, from what I've been seeing, there's no standard unifying body anywhere. Um, You know, between the different programs and companies or businesses or some training institutions, some universities that are running, all of them have some sort of a version and that's just not consistent. Right. And, you know, all of them have their own minimum requirements, but it all depends. You know, if I feel like I want to certify more people and I want to get this out of it or I want to, you know, it depends on what the vision or mission of that particular body or group or the company is to see what this is about. They can mm-hmm. they can make what they want out of it. Sure. You know, and it's difficult. There is always going to be a conflict of interest because these certifying bodies, they're also businesses. They may be nonprofit, but they're still businesses, just like a university. They still want the money, so they're not necessarily turning candidates away at the door. They may not be qualified candidates, but they are certainly qualified enough to give their money away to these certifying bodies. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little bit of a conflict of interest where... An everyday Joe who's got enough money and is willing to study to do the bare minimum work for certification can get their Six Sigma, Black Belt, Green Belt, or maybe even the Master master Black Belt certification. Some of them do have very similar criteria, though. You know, there is often the two-project minimum completion the and passing of some sort of exam, say for a Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, usually the certifying bodies require that they do the two projects and pass an exam. That seems to be some level of standard. However, how you count a a good project or a completed project, they are different. And what I'll say is the examinations don't necessarily reflect what makes a good Lean Six Sigma, Green Belt, or Black Belt. Yeah, the examinations can also be, you know, the scoring criteria, the the questions being asked can all be random, you know, can all be varying across different organizations or different companies. So I don't know, you know, I mean, it, it depends. And so the other side, flip side, you know, now I've gone and angered all the black belts who went on their own and decided to certify on their own without going through the most prestigious or elite training group. And just because they didn't spend a lot of money doesn't make them a worse green belt or black belt, right? Absolutely not. So I will agree to that because there is definitely traits in your personality and how you approach a project that will set you apart. And What I've seen, though, is that the people who sort of do their study themselves and certify themselves, there is generally there is a correlation between that black belt not typically not doing as well in an organization. But it depends, right? So if this person was doing a self-study and that person had a guide or a mentor somehow 
to coach them through that, be it through the same organization, be it through some other body somewhere else. I've seen mm-hmm. that being successful. You know, I've, I've seen people who have not gone through a complete formal lean training or Six Sigma training. Mm-hmm. They've just understood the concepts. They have great interest in this. They've read a lot of it. And they've found some sort of a coach or a mentor who's guided them through the different stages to be able to utilize the tools appropriately and recognize which scenario to use, what and when, which is ideally the characteristics you're looking for a successful you know, green belt or a black belt or even a master black belt in that fact. Right, some, somebody who will continue to push and has that uh, internal drive that could be very good good proof that even though somebody did not necessarily invest money in them, i.e. pay for them, and they went off and paid for it themselves and decided, I'm sorry, Mr. or Mrs. Company owner, that you don't think I'm the right person, but I do believe I am the right person, and I'm going to do this myself, If even if you are not going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And I actually encouraged a few people today um, in doing some very basic training that there seemed to be some really stringent screening criteria for things that I thought should not be screened. Uh, people who want to be Lean Six Sigma Green Belt or Black Belt, I see that as a huge plus because there's a lot of people who don't want to be that and are asked to do that. And that really can hurt a program as well. So I encouraged them and said, if this company is not going to it's decided that they're not going to invest in you to do this. There are many other options for you to pursue outside of this company if you want to get that certification. Yeah, and it depends. I mean, it all comes down to the interest level of the person who's wanting to learn or who's wanting to do it. So as long as that interest level is there and it, it is able, and it is for the right reasons, you know, I've seen a lot of people who want just that tag or certification for, you know, a, a pay increase or more negotiation leverage, but they really don't intend to use it. Then, then it's not valuable. It's it's the person or the individual who really wants to learn and apply it. That's when it makes the the real difference. And in those scenarios, I can probably say that that person's going to be a successful person, no matter how or where he or she gets that certification or the training. Right. It, you can if you are a if you're just resume building, right, and you're mm-hmm. getting a certification to say I am a certified Lean Six Sigma black belt. You can do that with less than $5,000 and about an hour's worth of studying and somebody who's willing to sign a paper and said, yeah, I saw his two projects, whether you actually did them or not, that level can actually get you a Lean Six Sigma Lean Six Sigma Black Belt certification on your resume very easily. You are listening to E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. Hey, Jacob, you remember when you used to work for me? Sure. Do you happen to remember how much money you were making back then? Yeah, I do. Yeah? And yeah. how much more you're making right now? I can do the math. And uh, how about that development plan that you and I put together during that time? Definitely gave me some perspective and gave me some direction on what I need to focus on. I found that useful. So far, I have a 100% promotion success rate for those people who are willing to work hard and were willing to work with me to create a customized career development plan, the E6S Pro Career Program. Three different levels, 
promotion and pathfinding level, which is career planning, customized improvement plans, resume refinement, and interview preparation. The next level down is targeted for those people who are they're just looking to prepare for their next move. And because it really does pain me to see unemployed professionals, I am offering a level called Help Quick, a free one-time resume review and revision for those who are unemployed and in the Lean Six Sigma quality engineering project management or science fields. So for anybody who wants more details and information, these can be found at www.e6s-methods.com slash procareer. And if you're serious about career advancement, contact me through the website. You'll be glad you did. I can watch for that. Okay, so we talked about what we just talked about sort of the objections and how and what occurs there. There are some positives and some negatives to this. We talked a little bit about the negatives. What what would you think or why is this a good thing? So, you know, I can speak specifically from a company's perspective. You know, in many cases the the book of knowledge that Lean and Six Sigma or Six Sigma alone has alone, which is a published or the standards that some different agencies, I think one of the ones I clearly know is ASQ, that have set up, that has set up saying, you know, for any program to be considered black belt worthy, here's the mm-hmm. things that the person needs to be knowing or to be tested on sort of a concept. Can you... That might not, that might not be applicable in every organization. As in, you know, some companies might say, you know right. what, I don't want everybody in my company to be to know regression and hypothesis testing, I'm fine with them being able to utilize uh, FMEA, a CNE, and a couple of other tools. And I'm good enough, and I feel confident enough that my company, that will make my team successful, and I want to call these people black belts. And the company and the company can make their own version. This is what company ABC uh, which is my company, is calling this as our black belt program. And the green belt might be a smaller version or a lower version of that, whatever that might be. Right. And then, and there's nobody to question the company to say, what is, you know, to certify your black belt is not necessarily black belt, it is more green belt level. And that does not exist. But for the company, that's what makes the biggest advantage is they can cater their program to what is needed. They don't have to spend time and resources training the employees and a whole bunch of tools, which might not be applicable for them. Right, and there's actually an overall benefit. It's a, it's actually a good sign. It's a sign that the commoditization is a sign that yeah, society is buying in, and the the whole of society is is coming up in their body of knowledge. Now it is diluted, but they're starting to get it, and they can get this information cheaper. It's all about democratization of information. The internet is pushing this. The popularity of Lean Six Sigma information and the benefits are contributing to this. So on the whole, it's actually a good thing. It is bringing up the overall knowledge of people in the Lean Six Sigma techniques. Yeah, they might not know all the tools, but they know some and they and those tools can be applied uh, appropriately and in the right places. And that will make them a little more successful than where they were before. And the negatives are it's harder to know who the real black belts and green belts are because you are in a sea of varying shades of green and black and you're trying to find those that truly are the experts in all of the tools in the body of knowledge and when you know somebody leaves company ABC and they've never been taught how to do a DOE but their certification title insinuates that they do know how to do those DOEs hypothesis testing 
some statistics. That's where a lot of ground is lost because based on the title, the assumption was there that they had the capability. Absolutely. So you touched a little bit on on the root causes, and that's companies need to customize at the business level to not train on certain tools that are they consider not applicable to their company. I see this all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's relevant a lot, and you know, and and it depends on the industry also, right? You know, manufacturing industry might find a lot of the statistical tools very, very, very handy. Um, whereas maybe a healthcare or maybe some sort of a, uh, you know, what are the other ones? A, a service industry might not find as much information or as much relevance with the design of experiments, right. sort of a training mm-hmm. over there. So from that aspect, you know, yeah, they they can customize what they want and how they want to teach it. So another few few more things that are leading to this is, you know, it's actually a great sign the popularity of Lean Six Sigma came up, you know, as a result of all the hype that they got through GE. And when people started getting certified, people were throwing money at them like crazy. So it became a huge industry for trainers and training programs, universities, online, distance learning, and now self-study. And even the unemployment epidemic made uh, states started giving free training to people who were unemployed as a way of of um, getting them back into the job pool. So there's quite a bit of of this demand that created this commoditization. And yeah, I mean, I, I you know I'll add to the I'll add the need of the the business also the industries also is you know yeah we we have to operate in a much more efficient fashion. You know we have to be more competitive with the international landscape. Uh, how can we reduce our costs down or how can we become more efficient? You know, that need alone is also another factor why this is gaining in popularity and why there is a probably a more uh, relevant, uh, how do I say, increase in demand for this mm-hmm. kind of positions or expertise. Mm-hmm. So there's another thing that changed and that it used to be that when your company was paying for it, the company chose its high performers and who to send off to these things. So they were already only investing in the people who were most likely to succeed. Now that that's been just essentially fully democratized and there's almost an infinite number of certification bodies or um, training organizations, people who just want it can go and they don't need to be selected by their business leaders based on their performance. So they could be just resume building people or they could actually be people who are really into this and are pushing for their own career. But at the same time, you're getting more and more people who actually do not have practical experience, say, right out of college, who are taking these exams and um, certifying for Lean Six Sigma Black Belt and Green Belt straight out of college when they've actually never really worked in industry. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I helped coach a few of them, or two of them, uh, on their final projects, yes, they did do projects, and yes, they trained up enough to get certified by uh, some examination, and they did do the the projects. But that is the limit of their true practical experience in industry, right? Yep. One was excellent, I will say, and she is going to do great. The other was also very good, uh, and not as 
not black belt material. It's not something someone I would hire as a black belt. But to me, it's clear that that's not really the direction he was going. He wants it on his resume, but he really is going to be an entrepreneur of something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people want to learn this just for the knowledge base of the skills also. You know, they might not apply it immediately. They might not apply it at all, but it's just more of a, let me understand what this is all about so I can maybe in one day in my life apply this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to episode 33 of the E-Success Methods podcast. Stay tuned for episode number 34, part two of 50 Shades of Black. We continue our discussion around screening candidates and training programs. Subscribe to past and future episodes on iTunes or stream us live on demand with Stitcher Radio. Follow us on Twitter at eSuccessIndustries. Find us on LinkedIn to join a discussion. Outlines and graphics for all shows are posted on our website, www.esuccess-methods.com. Journey through success.